I'm your host, Lisa Evers. I'm so glad you're joining us for this special episode of Street Soldiers right from the Peace Center at GMDC inside Rikers Island. For the first time ever, we are bringing together every aspect of the community affected by what is going on here and what is going on in our streets. The inmates themselves, the Department of Correction officers and staff, educators, service providers, re-entry experts, counselors of all kinds, to discuss what it really takes to break the cycle of violence and turn around lives, troubled lives, and moving beyond mistakes. So let me introduce the panel that we have for you right now. Joining us is Deputy Commissioner Wynette Jackson. Thank you for being with us. Thank we you. appreciate it. Also with us is Deputy Warden uh, Williams. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, also with us is Leviticus. Thank you for being with us. You're welcome. And Fat Joe. Joe, I want to start with you. With everything you have going on in your career right now, why did you want to take the time to come out here to Rikers? Well, um, I came out here because a lot of my friends have been locked up in Rikers. Uh, I've heard a lot of horror stories about Rikers Island. And uh, when you said you had an opportunity, I know how positive Street Soldiers is for us to be in front of the, the, the inmates and be with the corrections department and everybody and get down to, to the root of some questions we have where we, where I'm looking for is authenticity and true honest. You know, I want to know like what's really going on because jail to me is a world that goes parallel to regular people's worlds. And if your family members aren't incarcerated, then you really don't care about it while you're in the gym, on the t in the treadmill, or whatever. So certain things could be going on that people overlook. So when you tell me you would, we're going to come over here and get informed and learn about the realities of what's going on in Rikers Island, I, I couldn't miss it. So I'm glad, you know, I'm happy to be here. And we're glad, glad to have you here. Deputy Commissioner Jackson, we spent a lot of time together over the last couple of weeks looking at the different types of programs. Why are you so committed to making this so much more than what people typically think of as a jail or the Rikers from the past? Well, thank you so much, Lisa. First things first, young people are, are our future. We have to invest in our young people. Um, the programming that we are really focused on at this juncture is youth-centric programming to really address the needs of young people while they're facing these challenging situations. In addition to that, we are trying to provide the resources and support to assist them with transitioning successfully back into the community. And this is a community, correction, uniform, non-uniform, a collaborative effort that needs to be committed to by all parties, even those in the community, because public safety is also at risk. If we don't provide young people with the services that they need to feel confident that they can do something different, then we're in a world of trouble. All right, Leviticus Mitchell, you were on Rikers Island here. You managed to turn your life around. What were some of the things, the kind of pressures that you were facing? Well, like most uh, young individuals sitting in these seats, I faced a lot of different challenges, which I had to overcome. Uh, what mainly got me on a roll and got me on a path was uh, re-entry services as far as the Fortune Society, where I got re-entered to society as an alternative to incarceration by the Fortune Society, which that really helped me out because I knew I wanted to do better. I just didn't know how to do better. As I said before, I didn't know what a bank 
or where the bank account was. I didn't know where to go to get my identification card. I didn't know these things. And like myself in the system, these things stagnate our growth, not physically, but mentally. And I came to Rikers at a, like, I say at an early age. So I was still stuck in the mentality as where I left off. And being in these environments is so negative. Is, so I got caught up in those type of things, doing those things. But deep down inside of me, I knew I wanted to do better. I just didn't know where to go or how to go about it. But and, you, and you got the help, and you definitely did. Deputy Warden Freeman Williams, when you when we were doing our research on the programs here over the recent weeks here on Rikers Island, you were walking around, taking us around through the, the corridors into the different programs, talking with some of the inmates yourself, and they felt comfortable talking to you, which was something I said, wait a minute, this is not what people think goes on here. What are some of the reasons that you think you, you've been able to make an impact in people's lives? First of all, most of the young adults that come into the system, they already have the gift, talents, and abilities to succeed. You just have to enhance on them. So what it does is you have to take the time and collaboratively we have to work together to speak to them and trigger, figure out what their triggers are that they actually like to do. What um, I have a gift of is I know how to talk to people. And usually when a person is going off on a tangent, I know how to bring them down, get to the root of what's going on with them, and also get them into these programs that have been implemented throughout the department. It's historical because years ago we never had this. So when you get these guys in these classes, you actually see the gift, talents, and abilities that they have. So you turn a negative into a positive so where we can have them re-enter society and uplift with some hard learning skills of these trades that we have here. This actually helps them a lot. It also helps their family and actually lessens their recidivism from coming back to jail. So it makes us safer and also makes them safer. Joe, you've supported the community in so many ways that a lot of people don't know about throughout the years, including being our, our first guest on the very first Street Soldiers and first hip-hop artist as well. But, you know, you, you're still close to the streets. and You're still out there in the community, as famous as you are and with the lifestyle you lead and the successes. What kind of pressures do you see, especially on these, these teens coming up now? Well, I've never looked at jail as a... They, it's called a correctional facility, but I've never looked at it as correcting inmates. I've always looked at it as almost like a warehouse where you just sit in there and you wait till you come home. And when you come home, you see the same dudes and they come up to you and they tell you, yo, let's get high. Yo, let's do this. Forget what your mom's just talking about or your father's talking about. Let's go back in the streets and do whatever the case may be. And unfortunately, a lot of young kids, they almost feel like, when they live in that life where they don't care about nothing, they feel like, so what? I'll go, I'll go to jail and all my friends are there. And then when you walk in this hallway, it's crazy because the jail looks just like the school we went to. It looks just like the projects we grew up in. So it's almost like, all right, we're home. You know what I'm saying? So it's something that's triggered in your mentality yourself where you almost have to put like, you know how the horse race and he got these blinders. It's like if you're really serious about changing your life, it's like you can't listen to no negative forces. You just have to go straight forward and then execute your plan. And it's going to be a lot of falls. It's going to be a lot of things in your way. It's going to be it's harder for black and Latino kids, to be honest with you, to succeed anyway. So you have to really, really put the battery on your back and mentally tell yourself, yo, ain't nothing going to stop me. We're going to keep going 
going forward. And and that's pretty much how I feel about, you know, thus far to someone convinces me that uh, jail really changes your life. You know, it's, it, you know, it's, it's crazy because you, it'll make you do some things. Jail will make you do some things you never thought you would do in your life. Like I, I watch people get beat up over a banana, over an orange, over stuff that's like, you know, your mom's told you always to give somebody food. And here you could fight over a banana. Like it's, it's crazy. So it, it has to start within the person. You know, it, within the the, the within inmate. the person, and then the person, but person needs help, as Leviticus said, and and that's what we're going to talk about when we come back. This is Street Soldiers from Inside Rikers Island. We'll be back right after this. New York City, it's Miguel, and you're tuning to the Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real people, real issues, and real politics. Only on Hot 97. Welcome back to this special episode of Street Soldiers from Inside Rikers Island. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about programs and a new culture that is here at Rikers Island that a lot of people don't know about that's actually transforming troubled lives. And we've got a great panel and some great guests here to talk about all of that. Joining us is the Department of Correction Deputy Commissioner, Wynette Jackson. She works with the Youthful Offender Program. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. We appreciate it. Also with us is Deputy Warden Freeman Williams. He is the war deputy warden here at the GMDC. Thank, Thank you, you so much for being with us. Also with us is Leviticus Mitchell. He was He's an ex-inmate who's turned his life around with the help of the Fortune Society and is now trying to help motivate other young men to do the same. Thank Thanks you. for being with us. We appreciate it. And also with us, you know this guy, but I'm going to give you the official introduction anyway. International hip-hop superstar, the one and only Fat Joe, and also a strong advocate in the community for many years throughout his entire career. Great to have you. Thank you. Deputy Commissioner Jackson, I want to come to you on this right away. You hear the perception that Joe is expressing. You probably heard that so many times. What would you say to him? What's changed? Why is this now so much more? So I'm happy to announce that in 2014, the department really took a concerted effort to really change the culture on Rikers. Under the leadership of Commissioner Joseph Pont and Mayor de Blasio, we really instituted a culture that involves really transforming and supporting young people and staff that are assigned to working with young people. So one of the things that we really took a hard look at is our, what services are currently available for our young people and what were the things that were the primary needs. How can we respond to some of those criminogenic needs? And one of the things that we decided to do was launch a historic reentry service just for 16 to 21 year olds. So for the first time in history of the department, we launched a reentry service that really involves having services, reentry services at admission. So we don't want young people to start thinking about what is the reentry plan on the date that they get sentenced? But what is the reentry plan on the day that they come here? Because we want to make sure they know this is not permanent. We want to make sure they know, and we want to make sure we instill hope and have them start thinking about what their future needs to look like and what type of things we need to work on and how to develop a plan to help them transition safely into the community. Right now we have um, a very robust workforce program, which also is historic. We have never had that at the department before as well. And we offer many different courses like plumbing, culinary arts, 
electrical wiring, carpentry, digital literacy. We offer a number of industry-recognized credentials that include food handler certification. We offer barista training. We offer OSHA training. We offer, we offer skills that will allow young people to leave here and get jobs in the community that makes them more employable. And, and, and in jobs and fields that are background friendly, which I think is an yes. important thing. And we, where they need workers, where they're, they're looking for workers. Absolutely. Warren Bradley, in terms of the population here, this is mostly young men in this, in this facility, 18 to 21, a lot of them. What about that particular age group? What kind of challenges do they face? Um, it presents a lot of challenges because at that age, they're spontaneous. So they don't really think before they do some things. Um, the good thing about them is you talk to them, you establish a rapport, um, and we work together with the non-uniforms and uniforms. We work together. Uh, Wynette may be able to relate to someone that I can't relate to. I may be able to relate to someone that she can't. Um, we all come from the same, well, myself, I'm going to speak for myself. I come from the same neighborhoods they come from. I was born and raised in the South Bronx. So I understand the challenges they go through. I understand the anger that they feel at times. I went to public schools. Um, but it's like Fat Joe said, you got to be channeled. You got to be focused. I can do better. I want to do better. But some of them need opportunity. Need a hand. They need help. Everybody didn't get the same opportunities. We're blessed to have had people help us. Some people didn't have those same opportunities. And they, and they, they didn't gotta, have that. And there were a lot of stresses on the streets. And panel, I want you to jump into Dino Johnson with Council for Unity. Yeah. Talk to us about the streets, the, the streets and the pressures, especially on, on the young men today and what we see going on. Well, a lot of our young men are, are growing up with dealing with peer pressure, not having the tools to deal with that, not learning how to, you know, function in groups, settings. Uh, how to function in a professional atmosphere. So sometimes it seems like it's all set up against them when they don't have those tools. And what about the, the psychological stresses? Um, certainly being detained or incarcerated comes with tremendous psychological stress for both people who are detained here and also people who work here, both civilian and uniform. But most folks who are inside experience trauma, loss, violence, other psychological stressors in their lives before they came here. So the compounding of those stressors is really important to understand, and the department and the providers that are here have taken great steps to provide lots of folks with training and understanding, and certainly when people are released and when they're inside, they're connected with treatment and services. All right, let's, uh, let's talk to some, some of the inmates here and see what they have to say. Who wants to talk to me? Had a question or comment? All right, what's your first name? Um, my name is Eric. Okay. Well, I would like to, um, like, further on with Fat Joe saying, when I came to Rikers Island um, a long time ago, I had the same mindset that, like, this was a place that I didn't want to be. Unfortunately, I have got certain things that I would have never accomplished on the outside at my own times in here. Also, I'm in a success house. That's a house where, for me, we go to school every day. We do programs. For me, we all there to better ourselves. If one is down, we pick them up. Our motto is no man left behind. So that means if I'm on the right path, I would like for all my peers to stay on the right path. So it's not like Rikers Island is only for the bad. You do have some good people here that will help from inmates to staff to councils. So, like... Is is a good is a good thing, but it's a bad thing that you hear. Period. So, but you're so what you're telling me is you guys figured out a way to use peer pressure in the positive, um, like yes. what Joe was talking about. Yes, peer pressure is a big thing we face every day. 
But once you learn how to cope with it and go about it a certain way, it's like a walk in the park. Deputy Warren Williams, one of the, the aspects of so, these new programs that we've seen has been this whole issue of reducing idle time yes. and also increasing programming. Why is that so important it's, in a jail facility like this? It's very important because when you decrease idle time, you don't give the young adult population any thought process into doing anything negative. So you have them go to recreation. You have them with tablets. You have them like... Deputy Commissioner when that saw on the smoke about we have them come to classes and very various workforce classes where they get digital literacy carpentry they're getting life skills so when you have them in these classes all day and then at eight o'clock they go back to the house the only thing they want to do is call home tell their family they love them take a shower and get back up tomorrow and do the same thing because they're looking towards their future instead of their past so these I'll, things have been very instrumental in us decreasing idle time and violence and I'll I'll just go, go, go ahead yeah question. please Joe so, like, uh, one time I had a friend, we put him in a fat farm, right? And uh, so we put him in a fat farm, which is almost like jail, and they taught him how to eat, and they gave him everything to eat, and he lost a lot of weight. We went to pick him up, and we was driving back home, and I noticed that everywhere we drove, he was looking at McDonald's, he was looking at KFC, he was looking at everything. Yo, KFC, yo, yo, yo. But he lost all his weight, but it wasn't really reality because it, he wasn't in a real setting, a real environment. So what are the things we are doing for these inmates if we're teaching them different various courses or whatever, that when they get out into the street, they're not tempted to do the negative things and use the... Uh, the tools and everything they're learning in here. Because it seems like before my time, there was always stories of guys saying, I want to do better. I get out of jail. I went to 34 fruit stands. I went everywhere and I just can't get a job. So what what could we do to turn this program that, that we're talking about into reality? in the streets when somebody goes home. All right, that's what we're gonna talk about when we come back. This is a very special episode of Street Soldiers. We are inside Rikers Island, bringing together all aspects of our community to talk about moving beyond mistakes. That's on Street Soldiers from inside Rikers Island when we come back. Yeah, Yo, you already know what it is, man. This is B.I.G. Sean, and this is the Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, real people, only on Hot 97. Welcome back to this special episode of Street Soldiers from inside Rikers Island. We are in the Peace Center at GMDC. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, and have we got an amazing panel, an amazing audience, talking about the issues that cause people to end up here, and also what can be done to help them so once they leave, they never come back. Joining us, Deputy Commissioner Wynette Jackson. Also with us is Deputy Warden Freeman Williams. We have Leviticus Mitchell, the former inmate who turned his life around, and of course, the one and only Fat Joe. And I want to get right to the audience here. You had something to say in, in response, right? What's your first name? My first name is Yanju Figueroa. Okay. And what's your question or comment? Question? My yeah. question, I mean, I don't even got a question. Like, I want to explain. Like, coming to Rikers really, like, opened doors for me because, like, be before I came here, before I came here, like, I had this mindset, like, that, like, this mindset, like, of a kid, like, I didn't want to hear nothing from nobody. For me. But coming here, like, it really opened a lot of doors for me. I learned a lot of certificates in here, like, electricity, carpentry. For me, right now, currently, I'm in a dope program right now, like, trying to turn my life around. I'm currently in a GED program right now. For me, doing what I gotta do. So like, when I get out there, 
Like I don't got to be back in the streets. So I got I could go back out there and get myself a job because I earned a lot of certificates that could get me off the streets from when I get back out there to get me ready. Did those certificates and that training, did that change the way you looked at yourself? I mean, it did. It did. It changed myself a lot because I didn't think I could I could have done this when I was outside. Like, I was around the wrong crowd. So like come here, it changed my mind. Like changed, it made me think about the decisions that I was making when I was out there. So you're telling me that actually being here, you were able to accomplish more than on the outside? Yes, yes. Joe, what do you think about that? I'm having mixed emotions. I'm proud and I'm happy about this program. I'm happy they're helping this selected few inmates. But, you know, what the world is going to see, right, if everybody just says Rikers is the greatest place to go, let's go to college or whatever, what the world is going to be thinking is that the corrections department picked 12 guys that think that this is cool. And what about the other 2,000, 3,000 inmates who's over there who might have a different opinion? You know, so I'm I'm just a, a, a independent voice. And I'm just thinking about the viewers who's watching. If everybody's going to sing Kumbaya, they want to know what's going on with the 2,000 guys that maybe somebody's getting their face cut. Maybe somebody is getting abused in here. Maybe somebody's getting sexually abused. So, you know, that's what I meant by honesty and authenticity. I want everybody to win. I want the whole Rikers Island. I want the whole world. I want every inmate. Come back here in the I want place. every inmate to succeed, and I'm happy for you, and I love you guys, and I'm happy you're doing well. But what they want to know is what's the difference of opinion? Like you know, I, I you yeah, know, don't I, they have to start somewhere? These are programs. These are people who benefited from programs. But then you really got to only... start somewhere. So like, if this building is is the perfect role model, let's just say, then we really, really got to implement this in all the buildings then. If, that, if we're going to well, have let, all let, the inmates thinking this let's, is great. Let's ask the warden about that and let's ask the deputy commissioner about that. What, what um, do you say about what he's saying? I, I understand what he's saying and, 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 and it makes sense because the public will say you handpicked. Um, this is not the perfect program. We're working towards it. We didn't have a, a, a role model. like We, we started from scratch. Mm -hmm. um, these group of guys, unfortunately, we're going to lose these guys. We're going to start with a new bunch of guys. The summer's going to be very challenging for us because we get a whole new group of guys. These guys went to school. They passed their GEDs. These guys are going home. They're moving on. Um, so it will be challenging for us, but we got to relate to those guys just like related to these guys. Um, the reality is, is that we can't reach everybody. We try to meet, reach as many as possible, and the, the whole concept is, this guy's acting up. He's not good for this program. Let's kick him out. No, we want to get this guy through the program. And we work together as a unit to get the guys through the program. Everybody's not as successful as the other. But if I just tweak something in your mind, like I, you might not have passed the program, but I changed your mindset. You want to do better. Um, these are the elite guys. You're right. These are the elite guys. However, they're guys that we're still trying to work on. Like Some guys are loyal to their gang. And because your leader told you that you can't participate, you won't participate. In your heart, you really want to. And that's the guy I want to reach because the game's not loyal to you. You're not at the top of the food chain, you know. Um, but it's a challenge. Success is a moving target. And, you know, I've been working here 32 years, 33 years in a couple of months, and I'm still not leaving because I think I got something to offer these young guys. I believe it, and I know where you come from. And I've been preaching the same thing my whole life. Because there's this mentality, and I'm talking about an overall prison system, is a mentality where it's 
the correction officers against the inmates, right? But when I turn around and I walk up in here, all I see is black and Latino officers, and I say, where's the compassion? These are your little brothers. These, these are guys that you should mentor and you should be cool with, not talk down upon them. You understand? So what I'm trying to get to, the root of the problem is, so I'm telling everybody I'm at a historic event. Right, you can stop me if I'm over talking, but I'm going to a historic event, right? Because I've never been done before. And as I'm talking in the dinner table, and I'm talking about white people, rich people, poor people, my cousins, and everything, they saying, "Well, you know, Joe, sounds like a gimmick because they say they're gonna close down Rikers Island. All of a sudden, they want to do a publicity thing." No, but that the, let me stop you All there, right. my brother. Okay. All right, but I'm just saying. Okay. I'm just saying what the I'm no, not I, against no, nobody. Listen, I'm just saying what the people is thinking. Of course people are thinking that, but that's why we're doing the show, because we want to show what's really going on. This isn't the totality of it, but this is the bright spot. People in the, in the community are always saying to us, focus on the positive, to talk about what's positive. Yes, there's a lot of people in here, as the warden just said, that they don't want to hear nothing. They don't want to hear anything about changing their lives or turning their lives around. But you have to start somewhere. And all of this has only been in, the, in like less than the last two years. I but, appreciate it. No. Like if these kids I are sincere get... and these kids are talking about they're going to change their life and you're going to spread the word and tell everybody, I appreciate that. That's what we want for everybody. You know what I'm saying? That's what we want for everybody. Debbie, wait, let me, okay. I understand that some of them may fall, but they still deserve a second chance. You know, it's like some are going to succeed right out of the gate. Some are going to fall. It's like being an alcoholic. You fall off the wagon, you get back on. We can't give up on them because like she said, this is our future. That's right. I grew up in these same neighborhoods. Um, you know, so you can't give up. You just got to keep trying and, and, and trying. And, and let's talk about the larger political, the, lar the larger landscape too. There's a lot of people that feel that once you came in here, once you make a mistake, that's it. You're no good. You're not. It's worth not fixing. true. But that's not what you what believe. I, what Step I could tell you guys, yeah. what I could tell you guys is that I meet people every day on a constant basis that were in worse positions than you. Doing 10 years in jail in real prisons that came out and became businessmen and became rich people and successful people in successful positions. So I'm not here to tell you you can't make it. I'm actually letting you know you really can become whatever you want. You really are kings. Okay, and you really are presidents and CEOs of companies. And Deputy Commissioner Jackson, that's one of your guiding principles. Exactly. And I do want to just say, just to make it real for you, Joe, mm -hmm. um, our young people, we're offering them a multitude of programming while they're in custody. But the big key to this is also the linkage to reentry services upon discharge. So we have our historic youth reentry program that's run by Friends of Island Academy. They meet them on the day one when they come into Rikers Island, and then they continue for at minimum six months upon discharge. Then we have Fortune Society. We have the Osborne Association. We have many different organizations that are working with young people. So they're not alone when they're out there. No. Out when they Thank hit the, God. When they hit the street. No. But, yeah. May I just say one yes, more thing? Of course. In addition to the workforce portfolio that I was discussing, we also have connections with co-op tech. So when our young people are finished here, they can actually continue with their coursework in the community. So we're not teaching them things that they cannot continue when they go home. We're actually making those linkages to them and making sure that they have the support upon discharge. And giving them a support so they don't go back to the gang or they don't go back to the corner or, wh or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, Professor, Dr. Chris Emden, you hear the same kind of argument about education and people not being able to learn. What do, what do you think? 
think? You know, I absolutely uh, really want to um, appreciate Joe for sort of pushing the conversation for us to be a little bit more critical. I think some what's happened is that the critical conversation has allowed us to have a different type of energy. And then the different type of energy is what makes the, this a historic event. That's number one. And the second thing is, what, what is being, what the two kind of conversations having, ha, that we're having here is this. And this is the most significant one. So these young people all went to traditional schools. So they went through traditional K-12 education and, and may have or may not have been successful there. And sometimes not being successful there is what gets them to be in a place where they make they're the wrong the decisions they're and then the they're streets. here. And so the question then becomes, if Rikers Island is really working to be able to reimagine the experiences for them so they can get the certificates that they didn't get in a traditional school, how are we adding new dimensions to that so that you get different outcomes? All right, so the idea is you don't, want to make, you don't want to make schooling regularly being complicit and then being in Rikers also being complicit. So when you're learning and getting your, your certificate, that's dope. When you're getting a, a new opportunities, a new diploma, that's amazing. But you could graduate and still be locked up into the same system to get you wrapped up because when you graduate, even with a job, there are folks who have jobs who their jobs are not enough. So they start making poor decisions. So okay, but we got to start with entrepreneurship. Okay, let's creativity. Okay, Chris, well, hold on. Let me let me get some of the inmates that are dying to talk to us All here. Right. Okay, you, you, I know you've been patiently. You had a comment that you wanted to make. Yeah, like I like Can I was. You say, tell us your first name. My name is Travis. Travis. Okay. Yeah, like Fat Joe said, it's like it's like it's sometimes it's us against the CEOs, but it's not always like that. It's the CEOs. They help us out sometimes if we need it. They, they give it to us. It's not it's not like they're against us all the time. Some of them are here to help us. Some of them are not here to, to bring us down. Some of them are here to help us. Sometimes, I'm not going to hold you, sometimes it's some CEOs that actually try to help us on the outside. It's some CEOs that's here to help us, like like the friends. They're here to help us. They're not even a CEO, but they're here to help us. They come to the housing area. Some CEOs come to the housing area. They don't even work in the housing area. They just come to check up on us to see how we're doing. It's not like they're here to kill us, but some CEOs, it's like they're all against us, and some CEOs don't want to see us get out, but you feel me? It just, it mind over matter inside here. That's how we got to think all the time. You just got to keep a positive mind. You just got to you gotta keep everything copacetic. Okay, what's your what's your first uh, name? Joshua. Okay, Joshua, what's your comment real quick? No, um, Rikers Island is not a place like where you want anybody to come, but like some people at the end of the day like need to come over here because like is like when you when you're here like it makes it helps you want to change your life around because like you don't want to be woken up at six in the morning have a search team come and violate your property or have curfew go to sleep at nine o'clock eight eight forty you got to be on your bed. Phones go off at eight forty two, so you really can't call your people, talk to the people you want to talk to every day. So it's like at the end of the day, sometimes coming here helps you change who you are. Like you, they got programs they offer us. Are you in the programs? Yeah, I'm in the program. What like, what effect has it had on you? It has, has it better, changed your your mindset? It has changed my mind. My mindset it has helped me in court, and it helps me like when I go home. I, now I could I could say I could join a job because now I, there's something else I could add to my resume. I got certificate for electrician, carpentry, OSHA. I could get, I could get a job now. Stuff I couldn't get in the town, outside, at home, or stuff like they give you programs that you got to pay a lot of money for home, and then you might not have that money to pay for the program. But over here, you get it for free. So you get the certifications and stuff for free. Yeah, for free. All right, hold hold that thought. This is a special episode of Street Soldiers. We are inside Rikers Island. We'll be back right after this. What it do? This Kevin Gates, and right now I'm kicking it with Lisa Evers. Welcome back to this special episode of Street Soldiers inside Rikers Island. I'm your host Lisa Evers, and we're talking about moving beyond mistakes and a change in culture here on Rikers Island. The reality of it, the reforms, and also what 
comes next. Joining us for our panel is Deputy Commissioner Wynette Jackson. Also with us is Deputy Warden Freeman Williams, Leviticus Mitchell, who is a former inmate who turned his life around, is now working with the Fortune Society, and of course, international hip-hop superstar and longtime friend, the one and only Fat Joe. Warden Bradley, I want to ask you about the comments and the perceptions about correction officers, as well as a lot of news stories, haven't always been good. A lot of people have a negative perception to be blunt about that. What do you say to that? Um, like I was explaining during the break, um, we have to change the culture of the mindset of the actual officer. Um, with the work of Wynette Saunders, we went to other states to view best practices. We also did specific training to, that taught us to handle and deal with kids between the ages of 18 and 21 in terms of we learned that uh, male's mind is not fully developed until he's like 25, you know. So you can't treat him like an adult when it comes to discipline, you know. Um, and we just have to, like, the way we do business now, five years ago would have been considered undue familiarity. Like for what, uh, Deputy, Deputy Warden Williams, like what type of things have you changed in terms of this population with the young men? We have changed the way we engage with them. Like Warden Brantley just stated, five years ago would have been undue familiarity. But what we do is we encourage our officers to actually engage into the mental status of all the inmates and the young adult population that we deal with. Because when you engage with them and you talk to them, you figure out what makes them tick. You figure out what, what they likes and dislikes. And then you know which way and which avenue you can push them to to help them be successful in the programs that we have implemented, which has been very successful in this facility. Commissioner Jackson? Yeah, I would just like to say the vast majority of our officers really perform their job with the highest of integrity. I'd like to say that with the training that they've been provided, it's a lot different from what it was many years ago. We've included safe crisis management, age-appropriate training that really addresses the needs of young people, adolescent brain development, and a lot of other components that really talk about how do we handle, manage, and support young people while they're incarcerated. Joe, you look like you got something to say on that. No, I ain't I'm, I'm not saying no. I'm just I'm listening to what the people got to say. All right, let's hear what this brother has to say. What's your first name? My name is Jacob. Jacob, what's your question or comment? Um, I'd like to actually respond to right, the main topic that's being discussed right now. Um, actually, it's not as actually easy as everybody is saying it is. There's a lot of animosity still going on. It is still a calm environment for the fact that when we still have the programs, we still have all the help that we might need in the future. So most people have the influence to actually follow it, but certain people don't choose to follow it or they actually hesitate. When you hesitate, you don't know what you want at the time, but when you realize what you want, you actually push yourself to push forward towards it. What difference has it made in your life? Um, me, for this for this experience, it actually pushed me like, you know, to do make more smart choices, stop trying to think of everybody else before myself. And you feel like you're, how do you, how do you feel your life's gonna change once you get out? Um, I think it's going to change drastically because now I got a lot of things I can actually put on my resume as an as inmate set behind me. Um, there's a lot of things that I've accomplished that I probably wouldn't have wanted to accomplish in the outside. Uh, like, for example, the OSHA 10, I've actually got my certificate for that. I got my CPR training. So I've accomplished some kind of goals in my life that I didn't think I was going to expect. All right. Well, that's good. That's good. Congratulations. What about comments over here? Yes. Yeah. Tell us your first name. How you doing? My name is Dave Owen. Okay, Dave. Yeah, Dave Owen. Devon. Yeah, Devon. Okay, Devon. I'm 18. I wanted to basically speak on the issue that goes on in America in total. Basically, mass incarceration is not just about the minorities or it's not a tri-state issue. It's an America, American issue. So when we come here, we get the we get the necessities we need. We get 
we get the help, but it's, this wasn't being brought to us while we were home. So it's like, why is this a place for, for us to be assisted when we get, when we fall down, other than us being home and we get this? This wasn't happening in the schools, wasn't no programs like this that I knew of home. But when I'm, when I'm here, I, under, I understand about these, I'm involved in them. And it's like, I would, if this was being brought to me when I was home, I probably wouldn't be here right now. I probably wouldn't be at the stage of redemption. But on the other hand, if this is being brought to me home, I would be like, all right, you know what? I think I could do this. This is I wouldn't take the, these certain paths. But being, being that when I walk out my front door, I see somebody selling drugs. I see somebody around the corner robbing people. They up the street, gang, bang, gang banging blood and crypt. So it's like, you know what? This is all I see. So this is what I'm going to do. And when we come here, it's not like that. So... That's all I want to say. So if you, you're saying basically if you had had that kind of support and those kind of programs earlier on, like in school or right out of school, you probably wouldn't have ended up here in the first place. Exactly. All right. What about that? <sighs> the truth is the youth is the prey, you know? So when you're doing something that we think is minor as drinking a 40-ounce in front of our building, then the cops come and arrest you, and they get you get into a fight, a couple of months later and they come and arrest you, the truth is they eliminate you from getting the type of jobs that you really want in the future with the city, sanitation worker, being a correction officer. So the youth don't know no better. We just hearing that the mind of the of the, of, of the kid doesn't turn into a grown man till he's 25, but yet still they locking you up while you 14, you 15, you 16, and they eliminate you from competing. So this is a whole system that's been brought before you. It ain't even your fault. You understand? There's a reason why when I lived in the projects and eight in the morning, you got to move the car to the other side. The cop is there to give you a ticket at 759. And when I move into the nice neighborhood in Throsneck, you know, I can leave my car triple parked and I don't get a ticket. It, it, this is a fact. This is how it works. So what I'm trying to tell you is that you have to instill and tell yourself, because really you don't care about no white people, no black people, no Spanish. They don't care about, they could try to help you, but you're going to have to get out there and do it on your own. And that means humble yourself. Be humble. Sit down. You know, you got to go to 10 jobs. They don't give you a job. Go the next day. 10 other places, go the next day, five other places. Eventually, somebody's going to give you a job. And what's crazy, and I'm going to just say it about Hispanics and black people. For some reason, somebody makes us think that we was born with a throne, that we're too good to do certain jobs. But everybody got to start somewhere. I know these people. I got a store now in, in Washington Heights. I know these people. I watched these people. They were selling fruits on the corner. Now they have a store. Now they sell fruit juices and the juicing bars. And these people look like they're making more money than me now. But they started somewhere. They were humble enough to say, we're going to start somewhere. You can laugh at me if you want, but I'm going to keep doing this. And I know the plan. And I'm going to go up in here and get me a business and be successful for my family. So that's what you got to really tell yourselves. With whatever they implementing and they showing you, you got to go out there and really do it. All right, let's get some uh, some comment. What, what, do you, what do you think about what Joe was just saying? Um, my name is Dante. That's number one. Um, I totally agree with what he's saying, and um, so yeah, it's basically it. Makes sense to you. Makes Anybody sense. else in this room want to talk? Okay, what's your first name? My name is Khalil. Khalil. And I I agree with what he's saying because um, yeah, I forgot. it's okay. 
It rang true to you what he was saying? Yeah, it's like what he was saying, it like it was true, but I forgot. But That's okay, true. I'll come back. I'll come yeah. back to you if you want. All right, you think about it. But thank you for speaking speaking out. We appreciate it. All right, let me come over here. Well, I do agree to what he's saying because even when I came to Rikers Island, my mindset wasn't let's do programs. Let's better yourself. I was still at a mentality that Somebody look at me the wrong way, we got to fight. If I'm not getting what I need, we got to fight. So for me to put like in my mind that I want to better myself was a big part in my life that showed me that I can do something. It starts with the little things that ends up to something big. So for me having a willpower to, to do something with my time, go to school now, do programs, shows me that once I do hit the streets, I can have the same willpower to become somebody still and I'm still young. Definitely. All right. Stanley, you wanted to say something? Fortunate Society. Absolutely. At, at Fortune, we see about 7,000 men and women each year. And we try to help people build new lives. But we need to all start from the same place, right? And here's the same place. Jail is not fun. Joe is absolutely right. Fit, jail is tough. Prison is tough. Right. But there is hope with programming like the department is offering, like organizations like Fortune Osborne, that provides opportunities for people when they come home to build new lives. Let me say something to every one of you. I, my last sentence, I was sentenced to nine years. I went to prison, I got my GED, I got my college degree, I came home, and I started as a counselor at Fortune. I did what Joe did. I went to jobs and nobody would hire me. And I got started as a counselor in 1991. And today I'm the executive vice president of Fortune Society. I'm the first formerly incarcerated person appointed to the Board of Corrections. So if you think you can't change your life, I'm telling you, you can change your life. But it starts with you. It doesn't start with this place. It starts with you believing that life could be different for you and taking control of it. And what the department is offering is a tool. They're not offering the solution. Mm -hmm. Jail is not the solution. Mm -hmm. I was part of the Lippman Commission. We recommended closing this place in 10 years. We laid out the blueprint on how to close this prison. I mean, how to close this jail. But what do you think about that now with the programs and the reforms? The programs need to be there. In our, in our blueprint, we said when we get down to 5,000 people, when we close Rikers and open up smaller jails in the community, we want mental health services in there. We want programs in there. They need to still be part of it because we need to make sure people can build their way out of this place. And, and we got to stop putting so many people in it. And, and, and Commissioner Jackson, with the, a, lot of the, a lot of the people that end up on Rikers Island, too, have had other issues throughout their lives. Do you feel sometimes like you're getting people at the end of their rope? Well, at times we do get people who are very frustrated with what, has, what life has presented to them prior to their arrival. But we try our best with not only the programming that I mentioned, but cognitive behavioral therapy, which is dialectical behavioral therapy, and really talk about changing the mindset and giving them opportunities to learn the life skills and simple life skills. When I say simple, not so simple, but coping skills on how to deal with some of those challenges that they face throughout their lifetime. So like Stanley mentioned, um, this is not, we, we wish no young people came to jail. We, we would love to put ourselves out of business. I'd be happy when um, we get this population reduced to a number that can allow us to have people spread out in the community. But until that day, we are gonna do our best to support all young people that come into our custody. All right. How about how about let's hear some more from young people in the custody. Somebody else wanted to talk over here. Okay. Um, to actually agree with the Fortune Society, 
Um, yeah, like the old saying goes, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. So basically, if people actually want to pursue that dream, they're going to have to start with themselves and not really focus on anything else, but focus on that main goal to succeed. I think that's about it. Joan, let me uh, want to ask you with this, is to succeed in anything as, as you've succeeded in your career and you see other, so many people here that have succeeded in what they're doing the, and are trying to succeed, what does it really take? What are, what are the things you see of all the successful people having What common? you have to do is to realize that you're young. So you're better off than me because I'm older than y'all. So I wish I was your age because I do some spectacular things, man. So you have to know you got age on your side. The second part is that you have blueprints set before you. Before there was no black president. Before there wasn't no Jay-Z who hustled and now is a billionaire. Before there wasn't no 50 Cent who used to rob people and now owns a $100 million company. There's no real excuses. This is something you got to put into your mind and say, listen, I'm very intelligent. I can do whatever I have to do. And when I get out of here, because in here, you know, you, you, you ever see guys in jail and they cock diesel, but when they get home, they get fat? It's the same thing with what's going on. You're being fed all these programs, and it seems all positive while you're doing your time and you're getting through. But once you go on the street, if you don't keep exercising these programs, you get fat, you get sloppy. And you slip up. So the point I'm making is jail's not cool for nobody, right? But you got to use this time in your life to look at it as a learning experience. And you also have to know maybe Rikers Island, I know you only do a year or two in Rikers Island, whatever the case may be. So it doesn't give you enough time because you're near home. But if you went up north, you will realize that the only person you got is your mother or your sister, or your family. A lot of guys, when you you out there, yo, my man, my man, my man, you ain't really keeping it real because those mans ain't coming to see you in the summer on a hot day. So you got to tell yourself, we got to appreciate moms, we got to appreciate sis and pops, and we got to do what's right for them and what's right for yourself. And you got to, on that note, we're running out of time, but you, you definitely have to do what's right for yourself. We want to thank the Department of Correction for... Um, enabling us to do this, have this open and honest dialogue. We want to thank all the inmates who agreed to participate and speak on camera. We wish you the best with everything that you're doing to try to turn your lives around. Uh, we want to thank all the service providers, all the re-entry experts, all of these special programs uh, that are here making themselves available to help the inmates so that they never come back once they leave here. And I want to thank my whole crew here at Hot 97 and Fox 5 uh, for supporting us and for helping us make this happen. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Let's push for peace. Thank you. Thank you.